55 One Podcasts live from the Black Heart of St. Paul. Um, just recording in the um, semi-renovated back room with my friends, Mark Fangmeyer, Rodrigo Sanchez Javaria, and um, Corey is, uh, is, we were passing ships in the night. He's on his way out to Pennsylvania. I just got back from Pennsylvania today. And so instead, uh, also, Alex Schieferdecker just left from, uh, to, for Pennsylvania today. And, uh, and so instead, Damn what I decided is, is we would bring in the, the, um, the Oregonian uh, Schieferdecker Aaron Brown. <laughs> is he the Pennsylvanian Aaron Brown? I mean... I don't... No, no. He's, he's his own man. I mean, I, I, he seems like a nice guy. I, I am older than him, though, so... Yeah, he's I, taller than you, so... probably true. And, um, and his, a lot, his New York accent is... Uh, he says strong and things like that, so it, it's... Uh, it's you, you know, but... Aaron, you are... Um, uh, you were you live in Portland now, but you like Alex Schieferdecker went to McAllister, and um, like Schieferdecker are a um, urban uh, planning enthusiast, yeah. and so uh, so I consider you the 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 Western. Oh, uh, I, I respect that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be back at Blackheart, and uh, happy to be on the show. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm um, glad that you've worked over worked out your last hangover from being at the Blackheart just a uh, solid two days ago. That is questionable. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so. Two days ago, it was lit here. Uh, game night. Yeah. 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 It was game night. Well, um, uh, yeah, it's great to have you on here. Um, and your your basic uh, because you are a Timbers fan because you're out you are from Oregon yes, originally and yeah. so no I, I grew you, up playing uh, soccer under the power lines in the suburbs of Portland and uh, back then the Timbers were in the USL and I you know uh, when I came to college I kept following the Timbers back when you could spend $10 to see them in the 107 section and you know, it was much smaller crowds back in the day, and we were just a bunch of high school nerds hanging out with a bunch of, back when Portland was as cheap as Minneapolis is now. Um, and uh, I bring that up to say I came here to college and wanted to watch the USL playoffs, and so I was going to the Sweetwater with all the rest of you nerds. Yeah. Um, oh, I remember those guys. Yeah. The, the guy that ran, the, was that he guy Iranian? That ran, yeah, no, yeah. like, that guy was, like, if you, my, my, my friend Gabe Pereira, we, uh, we all used to just go, go there right after work, and we just... That'd be the only like soccer aspect bar that you for, for non-Minnesotan non-soccer nerds, the like Holiday Inn or some generic hotel. Best Western, best, yeah. best Western, yeah. yeah. Like this, decaying remnant of an urban renewal project destroyed this neighborhood 50 years ago next to the state capital. Had and, and it shares a parking lot with the Sears. It shared a parking lot with the Sears that is no longer there, and that's anyway. Uh, I, the beauty of it was that the guy that owned it happened to be this enormous soccer fan. And I, I have this memory of him finding, like, Channel 7000 somehow. Like, it was one of those, like, you know, in 2007 through television, pre-internet ubiquitous streaming, to find, you know, the Portland Timbers versus Atlanta Silverbacks going to penalty kicks. He, he has, like, the old school, like, eight-foot, like, dish. Uh, dish in the yeah. back. Yeah, just it left, left. Get it? Right. Those channels in? Yeah, kids these days, they just pull up their phone, and on Twitter, their favorite obscure right. Chilean second division team, they can stream it anywhere. But now... Back in the day, it was it was quite an accomplishment to follow your minor league soccer so teams. We, we would do it at my in-laws' house in Wisconsin. He had like one of those big old dishes, and we'd be like, "I want to watch Peruvian league games." And then he'd be like, "Well, go find it." And he's like, "How do you? How do I do that?" Just 
Move your dish. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like it was one of those, like, uh, it was like one of those, uh, what's the movie, uh, the Spielberg movie, uh, Encounter of the Third Kind? Yeah, Clo- uh, Close Encounters. Yeah, Close Encounters, yeah, yeah, like where you just, you just like, the things yeah. that move you. You just have to, you have to press the, the right notes on the keyboard and That's then right. the Peruvian uh, uh, TV station will send it back. Um, you and you watched? Uh, did you watch Portland up in up at Nessie uh, against the Thunder? Yeah, I once, uh, okay. but I got a flat tire biking to Blaine, which was mm-hmm. which was pretty brutal because that's not exactly a great spot, state no. highway to be stuck and stranded on. No, uh, but I, I will say that I, um, I, I've, I've always, I mean, I have a special place in my heart for Minnesota, just and the Twin Cities in particular, and having watched uh, the soccer base exponentially grow here especially with mls and everything else um and seeing the like decrepit old liquor store get replaced with this beautiful soccer stadium uh and and don't, I miss don't the say alley. don't say any bad things about big top look hey. uh, look big top big top is uh an integral part of my life as well yeah like, for better hey, and for I, worse I, I shopped at that place okay. yeah. oh i i i think and i had rainbow and went bowling at the yeah. bowling. The bowling alley I miss. I do miss the bowling alley. I wish I wish y'all could have put in a bowling alley under le- underneath the new stadium. That would somehow. be amazing. That would have been great. That would have been, like, been a nice. Mid- Rec has the bocce ball on there. Yeah. It'd be a good kitschy Midwestern touch to have like a bowling alley under your soccer stadium. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> let's let's uh, <laughs> let's take a break real quick, and then we will go through the good, the bad, and the weird. Back on the 55.1 podcast, here we are. Let's do a little bit of uh, tapas news here with the good, the bad, and the weird. The good is uh, last night, uh, as a recording, we on Sunday night, the U.S. men's national team beat Jamaica in the, the Gold Cup quarterfinal. So um, now this puts them on Thursday night, I believe it's 6.30 p.m. Uh, so. Central Time. Um, they are playing CONCACAF Giants, Qatar. Yeah. Uh, CONCACAF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're playing in the Gold Cup. What? Why? Yeah. <laughs> because the, I'm glad that this is fresh for you. They denied the invitation to Copa America when it was gifted to them. So. What? You, well, usually, what is, what is usually because um, a World Cup host doesn't have many um, competitive games sure, before, right. they'll often jump into someone else's like this. And, um, yep, so they're I, playing... They've already beaten uh, El Salvador. Yeah, they uh, um, a couple different teams here. They're um, actually really good. Like in that, they're um, basically like Qatar has one really good team in their league, domestic league, and all of the best domestic players are on that one team. So and they're all on the national team together. So they've all been playing together for right. months and months and months. So they have like a really good cohesion together. Great for them. And so yeah, it's gonna be great when they become North American champions. It's gonna be great when they beat Canada for the. Uh, to, Just to remind you, the oil oligarchs own everything, <laughs> including the North American soccer team. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Right. Uh, the other good news: U.S. Uh, women's national team came back after their first game loss against Sweden in the Olympics, and then they played New Zealand and won six to one. It was a route. Uh, there were some. There were, uh, the the two own goals were kind of. You kind yeah. of felt bad for the New Zealand. For Especially the, Kiwis. the second one. That, like, oh. Yeah, um, but uh, so now the you know th- this will have happened after you have all listened to this. Um, Wednesday, Tuesday uh, this week, that morning they'll be playing Australia. They need a draw to guarantee entry into the knockouts. 
and so they'll at least get a third place entry. But um, I mean, they really need to get their momentum going. Mm-hmm. Australia are a good team, uh, better than the the Kiwis, and so we'll a reminder: we'll be doing. Uh, repeat games replays at 5 p.m. on those days when it's uh 3 30 a.m the only good night game is the final which will be a 9 p.m on a thursday august 5th so uh i'll probably have to cancel drag that night <laughs> but if we get into it wow i know it'll it'll be a big deal um so i'll say another good this week was calvo being calvo against canada uh, he had an amazing assist for Canada um, because he's just such a generous man. Um, and uh, he and Costa Rica are out, which means Chicago Fire got themselves some more Calvo Ooh, to work with. They're going to stay at the bottom of the table. Yep. Um, let's do the, uh, the bad is that um, uh, this, one's, this one's yours, Mark, for the NWSL announcement of the partnership with Rise. Yeah, so they uh, basically announced that they're DI, like, partner to, like, work with all their clubs, all their players, and everything. And they announced Rise, which you guys might know Rise as an organization where basically they lost all of their, like, uh, all the black athletes that were supporting them. So it's a... It's a- Ostensibly an anti-racist yeah, it's an anti-racist nonprofit that works to remove racism and sexism and everything out of sports. The issue is that the CEO um, in 2019 hosted a um, fundraiser luncheon for the Trump campaign. Um, that's how you get racism out of sports. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get, because yeah, that's how you get racism. And then also, I mean, their board of directors. I think I mean they have like 20 some people on their board, and they got. Um, Three black guys, two white women, and then the rest are just all white dudes. And the white dudes that are in there hey. are all very prominent, like involved in like right wing politics. Don as well. Garber is not; he's on there. So well, um, not all of them. He's uh, yeah, just still, he's just like subtly involved with the right wing. But yeah, it seems like a. <laughs> and honestly, like just go check out the um, NWSL announcement on Twitter, and then just look at all of the reply tweets to it, and Spicy. it is just glorious. Yeah, Spicy. it's so good. The um, none of that uh, holds any candle to the the weird story of the week, which is Kanye West at Atlanta United's match this weekend. He is apparently now living in uh, Megatron's butthole uh-huh. uh, in Atlanta in the stadium, finishing the album, and he like walked amongst the people wearing pantyhose, pantyhose on his head. And, and um, a big, like, bright red, like, puffy jacket. And um, it's like a throwback to, like, the early, like, 2000s when, like, Puff Daddy was doing that. Or more, like, it's, it's got one of those feelings I, of it. Do you no. think Puff Daddy ever hit that low? No, no, no. It, sure. it, it is a throwback to the late 80s when Phantom of the Opera was released. <laughs> because who among us does not want to get divorced to become the fan of, fan of the opera so of, you know, a large... Football stadium. So it's the second story in a row that's connected <laughs> to someone with dubious connections to the Trump administration. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, um, poor Kanye, man. I don't know. I miss him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had a mental breakdown. In yeah. Sense. Uh, like, I, while, while while doing the listening 
section of his party where like which he didn't finish the album before he had the listening yeah, party right like that's that, that, that's a whole different conversation but now that's yeah, at least he's wearing protection his face, face protection yeah. while he's in Megatron's it, butthole so it, I mean yep. that's uh, I, in 20 years we might watch a whole documentary the way that we talk about Britney Spears now about like what yeah. the hell has happened to Kanye and who's done what and yeah. I think I'm more sympathetic to Britney's case but I, it's clear that Kanye's whatever the hell happened I feel sorry for you dude yeah it's, <laughs> it's a bummer we uh, thought some prayers out to Kanye West <laughs> at least he's not they, getting busted by you know some British tabloid when you pass out on your own on your own uh, party with your teammates and all your teammates post pictures of you passed out you know Wayne Rooney right when he uh, recently he was like hosted a party was this recently yeah (laughs) oh man no I missed this and then like he was hosting like a party and then like he fell asleep and then all the other friends and people he had to it started posting pictures of him being passed out oh because he's old it's like I just recent I just went before the podcast started informed uh, Aaron he was not aware that uh Nicholas Benedetti and his buddies. That's where after they, going, yeah. After they beat the Portland Timbers, had a uh, we beat the Portland Timbers orgy, right. which I didn't hear whether or not the Loons did, but um, no. I'm pretty I mean, sure I, I karaoke like after the game reached almost reached that level here at the bar. Is that so. just a new rule now that anytime you beat the Portland Timbers, you have to have a celebratory orgy? Yeah, man. Who who amongst us hasn't? <laughs> well, I would say that uh, that makes Merritt and Geo very sex positive. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Geo is, but Merritt. Well, no, Merritt probably is in a creepy way. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's take a break. I wanted to. Oh, actually, no. Let's do this now. I want to hear about um, the Portland Timbers season. The Portland Timbers. Because while we've got a Timbers person here, I don't. I have not. My life is like now too crazy to actually pay attention to anything other than Inter Miami's failures and. Uh, Atlanta United's failures. So those that's like those things, and then Minnesota are the only thing I watch. Um, Portland Timbers, not good, kind of good, kind of shit. Yeah, kind of I think thing, right? um, the season has been defined by uh, the focus and the pinnacle of gearing up for Concacaf. So they beat CD Marathon, and then they got this home and home against Club America, which uh, you know I I've been trying to stay away from crowds and stuff. Uh, but I made an exception at the limited capacity to go to the game. And I will just say, you know, I've been going to Timbers games my whole, half of my life at this point. Um, and, you know, Portland, not unlike the Twin Cities, has a reputation for being very white and nerdy. And I've just, you know, very rarely have I ever gone to a game at Civic Stadium and just seen so many non-white folks. And the borders yeah. were closed. These are not folks from Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I was seeing, like, young couples where, like, the dude was wearing a Club America jersey and the girlfriend was wearing the Timbers shirt. Yeah. And it was just like... I was like, oh, this is actually what this could look like if the yeah. Timbers like made some serious investments and like and and many of their teams doing the work and you know these alliances and allegiances don't happen overnight. But um, it was just a we we drew, which is a win to me as far as I'm concerned. Um, and you know, but it bus. doesn't get you doesn't get the other team the orgy though. Yeah, yeah. So no it, it might be a win for you, but not for the other team. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, and then you know we got our butts handed to us in in Azteca, which fair play. Uh, it was just evident watching the subs come in. You know, I'm not a deep aficionado of, of Mexican soccer, but it was evident that, like, oh, okay, like, the game's getting a little close. We're just going to put in these three dudes and then it's match over because, you know, Gavin Wilkinson convinced Merritt to throw money at some uh, Argentinian left back, and uh, he's been atrocious. It's one of those funny things with this. I mean, he's gotten a little <laughs> bit better in the last couple of days. Who's this guy? Uh, Bravo, Claudio Bravo. Oh, he's, yeah. playing, he's playing he's in Japan right now. Yeah. He, he's, had, he's gotten a little better. But the beauty is that he's so bad. And then the first time he didn't do anything terrible, 
like Merrick Paulson goes on this large tweet storm of like, how great was Claudio Bravo today? And I'm like, you are so sensitive, man. You got some thin skin. But like, that, that's this is where I am with my relationship. Thank the, God Dr. Bill McGuire is not on Twitter. This is where I am with my relationship with the Timbers is that like, uh, you know, I, I'm deeply overfiliated and invested and I want them to, I, I hope they never lose another game for the rest of my life. But also whenever they do, I just know that Merritt Paulson's mad somewhere and that's also yeah, kind that's, of fun. That is a good, yeah. <laughs> also kind of fun. <laughs> that's like, a good thing. At the Club America game, they had like extra security protocols. Everyone's taking COVID as the chance to make stadiums even more like lockdown, whatever. Uh, and these Mexican fans had smuggled in some some fireworks. Like it was lit. It was it like literally lit. It was yeah, literally yeah. lit. And like not just the like oh there's some smoke bombs. Like it was. They were it was firing it, bottle rockets at people. It was it was like. like I've been there. People were reporting that the uh, that the journalists in the press box were smoking a bunch of cigarettes just openly in the spaces. Like the yeah. party came. To, yes, <laughs> Concacaf madness was here. Yeah, I mean the the best thing would have been if they would have smuggled some of those bottle rockets to the press box and shoot them from the press box uh, out yeah, to the field. I, I hope I hope Club America comes back to Portland and I hope that happens. Yeah. Um, so it was fun to be part of this big tournament and just something to be excited about during the last end, the beginning of the end stages of the pandemic. Uh, since then, the questions are like, all right, Grandpa Valeri's kind of dropping off a little bit. What is the succession plan? Uh, but I mean, he still can be a threat, but it's, you know, he's not the, the you know, attacking central midfielder that, what did Caleb Porter once called him, the, 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 that stirs the drink. <laughs> like yeah. the, the straw that stirs the drink. Um, and we have all this abundance of ta- uh, strike, uh, striking talent. You've got Jeremy Bobasi, who's going to go do great things. You've got Felipe Mora, who scored a pretty mm-hmm. awesome goal this week. Um, Damn Chilean. Yeah, we've got, you know, we love Diego Chara so much, we brought on his brother, right? Like, yeah. there's, we've got all of these. Um, you know, Sebastian Blanco is finally getting healthy. We've had a ton of injuries, and the team is sort of figuring. Yep. Jarek Niescota, another one of, like, Merit just keeps writing these big checks to all of these attacking and wingers. And, um, we're sort of in this question of like, all right, well, what is the transition plan, right? And part of yeah. it is we'll see how well Blanco recovers from his injury because that'll definitely be part of it. I think Blanco's got another year on his contract. Uh, we've had some ups and downs. We've had some decent performances. I think on Wednesday they had a goal at the end to come back against LAFC at home, mm-hmm. which I was on a train to come out here, so I missed it. But um, it seems like, you know, uh, things are not quite gelled. I, I expect a first round and out uh, MLS playoff kind of yeah. event with the caveat that in MLS, if the right dudes finally gel and um, the the other big success story, I think, of the Timbers this year has been Eric Williamson has just continued. Mm-hmm. He, he came out of the bubble last year just like a, a different player. And you just watch him patrol the midfield and he's just so confident and he's strong and he just makes these spectacular passes. Um, and I think the question for me is like, all right, are we willing to give the dump truck of money to keep him here before he had, like how much longer can we keep him in Civic Stadium before he heads to Europe or wherever? Before he goes to Hibs or whatever. Wherever he should be going. Second division, second division Italian clubs uh, and uh, Scottish Premier League are uh, are buying up MLS players, which is pretty funny these days. Um, And I believe the Thorns are at the top of the table right now too. So yep, I uh, I think we've probably got at least one championship coming this year, but it won't be from the men. Yeah, I can't wait to have a rivalry with you guys again in that. Uh, rivalry is an interesting term because, yeah. you know, we think you're all very cute out here. I know. I know. Well, the thing is... Um, <laughs> but, like, rivalry is, you know, uh, I, I would love it to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, there's no... We have no rivalry with anyone. Um, you know, everyone likes us, we don't care type nice. stuff. Um, we're kind of Chicago, but we never get to play Chicago. Yeah, but the thing is, there's a good chunk... That, that might be true, but there's a good chunk of old-school dark clouds who are 
so tight with the Section 8 people because we were never actual rivals. Instead, we would just go see the local, the closest MLS team, not the local, but and then go there. There's even in Toyota Field, their old stadium, there is a Dark Clouds brick that uh, the Dark Clouds played, paid for a brick uh, when you could like buy like, oh, this brick uh, building the stadium. In Bridgeview. Yeah, in Bridgeview, bought, bought from uh, Jim and Diane Douglas or whatever. Um, <laughs> And same thing with the Brilliant. the the uh, Kansas City people. I feel like the only people I have um, I have antipathy for are teams where I just haven't met that many people, like Atlanta yeah. and like Inter Miami. And actually, when I went down to Atlanta for the U.S. Open Cup Finals, all the Atlanta folks are very nice too. Oh no, that's why I don't want to meet any. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been to two games <laughs> at Atlanta, including the Cup Final, and uh, just Southern hospitality, yeah. and also just 21st century Atlanta. Is is such a melting pot. Like I, I've knowing the 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 uh, uh, narratives about who is a dorky American soccer fan, and then going and seeing, especially I mean, with the Braves just moved out of Atlanta as well. Like it's a really awesome cosmopolitan melting pot. Like like having Atlanta's hip hop scene all wear jerseys is like that's pretty cool. Yeah, but Craig Finn. Yeah, Craig Finn was at a game uh, two years ago. Uh, a loons game. All right, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll take talk that, about Kanye. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about the real team, Minnesota United. It's the Minnesota United part of uh, of the podcast. Let's talk about this. This game, or let's do a bit of the news, which is um, the uh, the pro referees came back and tell me about this, Mark. They've- yeah, they do their like every, their weekly like uh, YouTube video where they re- go back and look over like you know, where they they go back and listen to songs for the first time. Yeah, so they listen to like Phil Collins. Yeah, and, that drum and then they talk about it together. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Cool. That'd but, be, that would be cool. I would pay for that. So. Uh-huh. But no, they don't do that. They um they look at um three plays that they may or may not have missed a call on and kind of just dissect it. And they did say that um, uh, against Seattle when Robin Lude was in on a break and has and gets horse collar horse collared from the back and goes down, that, that sh- they should have been called a red card and had a PK given for it. But since there was a goal scored off of it, you can't go back, you didn't go back and review it. And so it's still, I, I mean, the winner for that was Seattle. Because then they had their full squad available when they went into Austin that weekend and they beat Austin one nothing. So bastards. That's how they always get it. Yeah. Well let me let me get but but the scoring opportunity that was created wasn't until minutes later, right? It wasn't like right but away. If I get remind me, I don't think the ball ever went out. Right, no, the after ball that. never went out of play. And so there okay, was never so, a point the ball to review. The the rule is like if it goes on so long, via, they can stop it. They can stop play even if it has not gone out. Yeah, and but, I think it's also because it has to do with the fact that what can be reviewed is red card yeah. potential and scoring potential. So those are the two things that can be reviewed, and it didn't. And then like a minute later, they scored anyway. So, which I'm actually yeah. I mean, I'd, at least we won that a, game. Right, we won, <laughs> and we got and we got up. a goal from the run of play versus a PK, yes. which yeah. I'm totally fine with. I, I mean, it, 
again, it just sucks for Austin. Um, Nabby Kibanguchi got a, a goal for oh, uh, Sacramento was, Republic. That was such Kibin a great Gucci, game. Kibanguchi, Kibanguchi, Kibanguchi. Um, tell me about this goal. I'm, so I've been like uh, traveling, so I literally do not know anything. So now you guys are, are just informing me about the world. Uh, well, Sacramento uh, Republic was down a goal, so it was 2-1. And this was literally like on the 93rd minute of extra time. <laughs> like it was in the third minute of extra time. And there's a cross that comes in. And you've seen Kim and Gucci. He's a, he's a big kid. And he just out muscles and, out, and just heads the ball right into the net. And then the best thing is he does like, he, he goes to, towards the corner flag with his hands all spread out. And then he slides and he crosses his arm as he's sitting down and everyone else is doing it. It's a great celebration that he like did. A, un, like The Undertaker or something like no, that? No, like, it's like, you know, he does kind of like a hip-hop pose, but he slides okay. on his knees yeah. and then he like, then he sits and he's got like his hip-hop pose and yeah, then yeah. everyone else just like is jumping on top of him just because of what he was willing to do. It was, it was, it was a fun goal to watch. And know if, was he playing center back or right back? That's a good question. I okay. think he was playing center back, but that's okay. just me. I, I can double check that during the uh, during a break. Um, there's no watches. Nothing's like a going on. VAR for a podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes I actually do pause this when but, I when I feel but like being accurate. Regarding the pro, but, the, the pro thing, I think like I don't, and I'm not a big advocate uh, specifically because Comebol's VARs uh, replays are like the best things to watch on YouTube, like. Because not only they, they do it for every game, like right now the Copa Libertadores, and I don't know if you saw that, you know, um, Boca Juniors is no longer in the Copa Libertadores, right? They lost out because of those, there were some um, questionable PKs that didn't get VAR review, and then like Boca Junior, junior players in their own locker room started just rioting because of that. that yeah, no, like they got like a couple of players got arrested. It was a funny and, uh, <laughs> and that's why we, we, we love, we, that's why we're the affiliate Boca Senior team. Uh, Beautiful. The um, to to answer the question about Kibanguchi, he was only in for six minutes, and uh, so the well, even the, better, right? The Y Scout heat map has him only in two spots, as in a right back position, and then right in front of goal. <laughs> That's his heat map, <laughs> just two little points. So basically, he's like yeah. a, so he was playing as a striker. He's like a, he was like the Ender, he was like the Enderman in, 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 in Minecraft where he just appears and disappears in two different places yep. and you just get you can't stare at them or I'll still destroy you. So um Thank you for the uh, Enderman uh, uh, Minecraft joke. Um, the watches, nothing is... We got nothing. Nothing's going on. Just a friendly reminder to Minnesota United that uh, the um, transfer window closes in a week and a half on August 5th. So hopefully we can All have right. some news. Maybe a go. center back. Yep. We, no one's been tracking uh, the GPS on um, Mark's phone, on Watson's phone. Yeah, he um, he threw out the uh, the the pin the the pin with the GPS device that we yeah. we gave him, and he, ha- he used to have it in his lapel. But you guys so need a center back, Dividov, right? That's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, reco- he retired though. I think he could. Bring he him could back. come back. Yeah, yeah. him and him and uh, I think uh, Chicago Fire should. I mean, sign if, him. if Boca Juniors wants to sign Luis Abincula from Peru, and he's like thirty something, so. I, I will just say that the the, Tim, the Loons opener in Portland with Fernando Adi just treated him like a rental car. I, like, I don't know if I've ever in my life seen a more thorough evisceration of a defender in my entire life. That's because you didn't watch the rest of the season yeah. that year. With <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were three or four more matches after yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, Timbers, the Timbers have had plenty of leaky defenses as well. Yeah, yeah. You guys like cannot figure out a, a, a center-back partnership for the 
freaking life of I you. I actually think our center backs aren't terrible. I think the... the Who's it now? Mybiala? Mybiala and Azuperich right now are, are okay. kind of the... You know, decent. I mean, decent. You're, you're, I'm not sure if I know Azuperich right that much. But. They're MLS quality, which is to he say... He got out-jumped eh, by know. Chase. Don't want to get ahead of us, but he got out-jumped by Chase Gasper. Yeah, well, let's get so, to that. Let's get to that. Uh, um, this it, last Saturday night... I was gonna. I was going to give you the, the latest Thomas Chacon update. Oh yeah, give oh, us that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could put How, this in the Ch- notes. I know, yeah. I know, but you I, could just, put I don't. Chacon I don't believe in the Thomas, Thomas I believe in the in, in, in the live aspect of everything. Yes. Or just I'm just damn lazy. Yes. Um, but um, <laughs> but he adopted. A, he, he got a puppy. He got like a French bulldog. <laughs> and like, only this thing is They played today. I thought you were going to talk about the match. No, no, no. I was just going <laughs> to talk about the fact that he's got a puppy. Like, and like, and then it's great. And I didn't know tops, the baseball cards, like make soccer cards. And someone out there has a Thomas Chacon top soccer card, and I want that. I mean, you could be Should the be framed here at Black. Be the that's what I'm saying. Be the obsessive uh, collector that you want to be in the world and want to see in the world. So, you can always go out and start collecting you, those. You've met my wife, right? But there's there's yeah, no yes. way I can collect anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She would kick your ass. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this. Last Saturday night, Portland Timbers come to town. Um, what uh, let's let's go through what was different about the lineup? Uh, just like tell me about the game. I, I watched the second half from rural broadband in Pennsylvania. So do they have fiber optic in rural? <laughs> uh, they don't. They don't have fiber optic in Pens- in St. Paul, buddy. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean Minnesota's lineup was pretty much what you expected, except for Fragapani uh, did not play and Nico Hansen started on. The left. Do you think uh, you think the Portland team was super bummed that they couldn't collect the uh, the bounty? On I know. Fragapane's I think it was, it was it was the reason that the game played the way it was. Yeah. Like apparently the rumors are he got he got an injury that will be he'll be out for quite a while, and I'm like that is extremely coincidental. Uh-huh, Specifically, that, the way that, remember, that, remember the way SeatGeek was uh, advertising the game on Facebook. No, no, it wasn't it was, Seek, that was a club. That was a club. That was. I like, thought it was SeatGeek. No, that was a sponsored. Facebook posts from Minnesota United yeah, where they had like Michael Boxo like in Char's face. And I was like, I realize you're just picking a good picture, but you really want a Minnesota player like yelling at Chara as yeah. our like going into this match is that the publicity? But no, so I mean, I'm sure he's injured and it wasn't a coincidence that they just didn't have the guy who was accused of verbally racially abusing another a Portland guy. Yeah. In the Portland match. You know, so what it, what it was is we reached the MLS playable players from Argentina quota for a game. Yeah, That's yeah. what that was. Is that you what we had to hold two We actually back? have to yeah, pay exactly. the nation of Argentina. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, 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 we have a contract with Argentina that if at one game we have more than three mm. Argentinian players at the same time, yeah. we just we, we have, to, we, pay we have bonus, to, yeah. we have to buy all the... All the rejected, retired Boca Junior players. Yeah. yeah, universal basic income, but for uh, Boca Juniors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and similarly, um, Abila was not even in the on the roster. Like he wasn't in the match day team. Well, I was in Orlando. I swear, I went to every mall parking lot available that I could. <laughs> you didn't see him to you try were, to see if I could. Did see you go one to the bucket hat store? Huh? Did you go to a bucket hat store and you I didn't actually? You didn't see one you know, Actually, you don't know this about Isa Watch, but Isa Watch has zillions of bucket hats. Oh, and so like, there are certain the, if you look if you go through all the pictures I posted on my Twitter line when we were in Orlando, there's some pictures of people wearing and their family wearing bucket hats, and I actually wore a couple of them, and I actually wore it to when I went to the Walgreens that was close to our hotel, 
hoping that you know Walgreens that, that one chope would see you and that be like, one chope would hey, be at a Walgreens because that's yeah. all like Florida has is yeah. Walgreens at every corner. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like based on like his attire, that the, a Nike outlet store would also be a very good place yeah. to try to find him in Florida as well. That's yeah. Someone should go look. Maybe he just got lost at one. Maybe he's up in Albertville right now. Yeah. Um, so, back to the fucking game. <laughs> Fragapane's out. Nico Hansen comes in. Uh, the, we, the central midfield is Hassani Dotson and uh, um, World B- Trap. Billy Trap. Uh, Billy Trap. The, take me through this, uh, the first bit, especially take me through the, um, the Portland goal and, and what happened with that. Would, would you like to do the honors of explaining the Portland goal? Uh, I... Was standing next to a, a good friend, uh, and and his girlfriend, and I was and like, "Hey guys, happened. hey, hey, watch this, watch this!" I like Darren Spree is running out. I got a good feeling about this, and I was right. And uh, you know, I I think all of us that have had the fortune to be able to travel to away games, even if you lose, that moment when the rest of the stadium's just looking at like, "Who the hell are these schmucks?" Yeah, and you are screaming at the top of your lungs. Just like it's it's cathartic, it's this Dionysian Bacchanalian experience, and all of these moms in the section around us it just gave us these incredible stink eyes. You got you got the suburban uh, suburban mom. I the Shakopee dads and the like Minnetonka moms were like giving me this like real. I'm pretty sure there are a bunch of Egan dads there as well. Too. Uh, yeah, the Egan yeah, dad that section. No, Egan dad section is is a little bit. Um, it's a little bit um, close to the beer hall. Uh, okay. in, the, in the 10 minutes after we scored the goal when yeah. the Timbers Army was probably at our loudest, in between one of the songs, I threw a like, we can't hear you. Like, I screamed to the top of my lungs. And this mom turned around and looked at me and goes, we can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it didn't even matter what happened the rest of the game. Uh, like, once that that's moment good. happens, you know, I went to yeah, the yeah, afterwards. That, that, that sounds like any dynamo. Uh, yeah, my, that's a cake uh, eater. Uh, yeah. I will say, my Some friend, right, my yeah. friend uh, Josh, who's a fellow Red Loon, was, was very mad that you guys had a drum in the stadium. Stay mad. And, <laughs> and my- I just did like, Josh, like, um, I mean, I... Some teams do make it a pain in the ass for away fans. And I think nicely Minnesota like allows, uh, you know, it's not a great spot you get in the stadium, but there's no bad spots in the stadium, but they allow like, you know, come in and for the MLS cup in 2018, the Timbers army spent like $3,000 to try and like ship multiple drums to Atlanta. And as soon as the drums were there, Atlanta changed their policy and didn't let us bring anything in. And then the like Timbers <laughs> Army called Merritt Paulson and Merritt called whatever blank, whatever the hell that guy's name yeah. is. And then we got one of our like seven drums. Yeah. And, and like this is all just, just like, come on, man. Like, wh- what are you afraid we're gonna be louder than you? Because maybe we are. Anyway, my voice was still hoarse because we were yeah. screaming long. It was a beautiful goal. <laughs> I think Felipe <laughs> Mora. We can't get to a single Fel- fact Felipe about the game. Felipe Mora is <laughs> is a really talented striker. I'm but really tell happy. me how to, how did the goal happen? What is it, it, it was a it counter, was, right? It was pretty okay. much. I mean, the, the 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 aspect of this formation that we started with with the players is is like, we've we've talked about how like uh, Fragapane has um, uh, uh, a drunk uncle relationship with Chase Gaston where he yells at him at everything that he does <laughs> or doesn't do, or where he wants the ball, where he doesn't want a ball, what he wants him to do. So Chase Gasper is like on pins and needles to whatever Fragapane. Did he has. did he make uh, Chase Gasper's wife? cry at the rehearsal dinner because that's what my uncle did oh well I, i'm not sure we would have to we'd have we to wait till chase gasper gets married yeah, well, yeah. right i mean we'll that's what we we would chase. have to we've had a proposal in the stadium yeah. we we'd hopefully will 
Yeah. I mean, the Brujo is a great place to to host a ceremony. I mean, it, it will, I mean that's what the Chase, we'll Black do the after party to, here with the drag show. It'll yeah, be perfect. I, mean, I feel like the Brujo is more of like a rehearsal dinner site. Yeah, well, yeah. that's a perfect yeah. place so, for the drum yeah, You're right. You're right. You're right. You go to the club level. That's where you have the reception. That's yeah. right. I think I think you're right. right on that one. Yeah, because Black so, had. Anyways, anyways, um, Nico Hansen was always pushing forward as soon as we were able to get the ball. Uh, and so that that creates like a huge gap on that left hand side where like Chase Gasper. No, it came on. No, it was. It came on the um, their left. No, 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 I'm just talking about this aspect. I, of the, I thought they were talking about the goal. No, no, the goal. The, the, no, I'm just trying to talk about the aspect of how how, how we were playing. It's like we were just we, we were attacking, we were pressing, but but we like we'll oh, get we to went the creating, goal eventually. We went we went creating we went creating like dangerous Laying opportunities, right? It was it was totally obvious that that was it their second game in like a week, right? I think yeah. uh, Portland Portland was gonna be like we're gonna we're gonna take on the heat that Minnesota United is gonna give us, and we're gonna counter, uh, and 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 counter they did because we were pushing. We've talked about how Chase Gasser when he he has the space to go, he goes up, and then and then opens up the the aspect of being uh, yeah, space being a behind counter, him, right? Bit, yeah. So this is one of those things where like. It was at a counter, and the ball was played on Metanier's side. And, and, and when the cross came in from Asprilla, uh, uh, the bossy was just caught flat-footed on that. And Felipe Mora put a, put a great, great header into, into the back of the net. I mean, I was, I was on that side where the, where the goal happened. It was a Wonderwall side. So I was like, I, was like, well, like we, I turned to everyone. I was like, well, 10 minutes. That means we got we, we to yeah. we we be able to do that. But at that, till that point... You know, that was, we've had probably like six shots, not on goal, but we had six shots and, and six tries at scoring opportunities while Poland had only one. And they were one-on-one on their scoring chances. Um, Minnesota finished this game with 28 shots, six on target uh, to Portland Timbers, seven with two on target. Yeah, that's uh, suboptimal. <laughs> that's, that's suborbital, you, yeah. suborbital even. Uh, the their expected goals were two point eight six Minnesota uh, to the point six two, which is just phenomenal. Uh, considering that, like, well, the the Robin Lude's goal was a a point seven one, but most of them were these these kind of tiny chances. Uh, the the other goal that came was. Uh, shoot. No, Robin Lude missed with a point seven one. Sorry, in the twenty fifth minute, the actual ones. Chase Gaspers was a point one two. Robin Lude's later one was a point two four. Just saying that uh, there were lots of chances taken at home, watching with the shitty uh, rural broadband. Um, I uh, I did not. I felt defeatist about this, which I get the sense from people in the stadium that was not the way they felt, um, that this was one of those very exuberant nights because at home I, I felt like the goal was never going to come. No, I mean, I was at the stadium. I was, sorry, I was not at the stadium. I was, uh, we split our tickets. So I, was at, I watched it at home that night. Were and you at the stadium? You were at the stadium. Yeah, I was at the stadium. Oh, yeah, all right, all right, all right. But, right, I, you, all right. but like, even when I was watching... Uh, we had a number of chances. Like, on I mean, good he, internet. You were watching. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was watching like on my you know, parents' Valley Sports North 
Login, so I no, actually I, had... Oh, Wilhelmina yeah. wasn't on the roof, you know, switching... <laughs> no, she was, I, I didn't think Wilhelmina go up to the roof and move the satellite for me. I actually get to actually get it with my Dude. parents' password. It was very nice. But, okay. um, but um, no, like, it seemed like it was... The goal was going to come. Like, there was a point in... Soon after the 80th minute where Ethan Finley had, like, a point-blank shot that was saved by Portland's goalkeeper and, like, went off the crossbar. And, like... It seemed like it was coming. There's so much pressure, specifically at the end of the match, that it just seemed almost inevitable that like Minnesota was going to score. But and Minnesota's uh, had so much inevitability this right. season and not scored freaking exactly. goals. That I mean, yeah, but the Portland Timbers. Yes, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> both both because they are really great at giving up goals on the road and and haven't really had a meaningful road performance this year. But also, it's our eight, third game in eight days. Um, we were missing. Uh, we, we had backup center, uh, or right backs and left backs. I mean, I think we... Um, I mean, even, even Jimmy and Diego looked just yeah, worn people, out they looked by, exhausted. Like, by like the 60th minute. Like, yeah. they weren't running, right? Well, Diego, yeah. And, and um, well, Char is like, what, like 45 now? He, here's the thing. Diego Valeri, bless Grandpa's heart, is, is the heart and soul of the team in, in a certain way. Uh, and Diego Char's whole thing is to just run down and kick people in the ankles and smile about it afterwards. And to his credit, uh, there has not been... Well, we're all sort of having the awkward question about how much longer Valeria is sort of in the role that he's in and what that looks like. Uh, Diego Terra is still largely held down his roles and responsibilities. He may not still be the all-star caliber that he was, but um, he's undeniably the... You know, and, and having his presence with some of these new emerging you know, uh, defensive midfielders, box, box-to-box folks coming up. So that, that is all to say, yes, they, they all looked very tired. I was very tired. I think that the the having gotten the goal and uh, realizing that the Minnesota attack was going to be relentless, um, there's a really good save too. We had our backup keeper in for some reason. I'm not even sure why we played Ivancic over over Steve Clark, but um, there was a shot like point blank that he stu- he just stopped, which I was impressed. Oh yeah, by. that was um, Robin Lutz. Yeah. Uh, shot That's, where like yeah. it was like the one you said, I think it's like point seventy where like he was like one on one and like yeah like got a hand I just put it over the net and and yeah. yeah. So, so I guess give give me the overall thought here. In on the first half, or no, no, on the on the on the game, we can talk about these these goals specifically. But was um was this something different from Minnesota? Because the the central uh, thing we've talked about on this podcast is this is a team that's shooting a lot, not hitting the target, and definitely not scoring goals. And this was a game where they shot a whole fuckload. Uh, they did win. They scored those two goals. They got it. So is this something different? Because we had, we can talk about how the goal eventually came with Robin Lude in, in the, the number nine position. Or, or what do we want to talk about here of, of what success? What can we take away from it? I mean, it seemed like more of the same from Minnesota with bad shooting. It just so happened that we took even more shots than yeah. we normally do because we put even more pressure on than we normally do. Because, I mean, our um, shots on goal was still at, I think it was like at 21% um, this match, which I haven't looked up what the lowest in the league is, but like against Seattle, we were at 24% going into that match, which was the lowest in the league for shooting percentages. So I think we've did, and I think we were 18% against Seattle. So we're going, we're still, our, we're getting worse at getting shots on goal. Uh, it just so happened that against um, Portland, we got a lot of shots uh, that we t- just took a lot of shots. And when 
you get one out of five to hit the goal eventually, and you take almost 30 shots, the math will come where you have an opportunity to score a goal and, get, and you can sneak in one or two goals that way, even if you're sh shooting really poorly. I think one of the things that we need to look at is in the last couple of, well, the majority of the season, this has not been, you know, comparable to the breakout season that Reynoso had last year, right? So Reynoso's uh, lack of uh, getting acquainted with the, with the players that he has, with the starting four, um, is, is something that's that, that just to be uh, desired and yet to be see what he can do when he actually starts, I guess the question is trusting, right? Trusting them. I think... Unu makes the runs that he needs to make, and, and, and we've seen that, how that can be possibly create dangerous opportunities. We create opportunities, and Reynoso is good at creating opp opportunities, but we're not great at creating uh, dangerous opportunities. And as we looked at the Seattle, at the, at the Seattle game where, like, you know, Fre Freddy Montero was trying to feed Rui Diaz, and Rui Diaz was shooting from wherever it was, and at one point Rui Diaz had more shots on target than the whole, the whole Minnesota United team, uh, it, it's something that we need to, need to think about. It's, I think, uh, and we've seen where Debasi has been able to pass a, uh, a Molino-type through ball to a diagonal run to Nu is making. It, it, it's one of the things that makes me believe that once Reynoso um, gets this pressure off of him, he has the creativity to do that. And the only way that we can do that is literally, and this sounds weird, but it's like passing the ball to Dotson. When Dotson gets the ball, and he's very good at connecting those passes, but he's very good at connecting those, 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 those side passes out to a running Metanier or to an open Chase Gasper, because we know that everyone does not believe that Chase Gasper is a scoring threat until this game, right? We'll see what, what if that changes towards... towards Towards uh, towards the next couple opponents, I, even but, even after this game, I don't think but Chase Casper is a score but, threat. But, but Dotson is that engine who wants to push the ball forward, and sometimes a lot with Reynoso, we get caught with the pass, the quick passes that are not moving the ball forward, but moving the ball sideways, and then which which doesn't really move the defense that much, and then sometimes he gets stuck playing the musical chairs, dribbling to three people, and then getting dispossessed. This was a game where he wasn't getting. He didn't get as dispossessed as, as previous games that he's gotten to. And I think that's when he started passing the ball more to Dots. So uh, a couple things I want to add there. Um, Minnesota is currently sixth in terms of uh, expected goals overall in the league. Um, they are fourth last in terms of goals. Uh, they're kind of middle of the pack in terms of expected goals per shot. All that to say um, they are creating lots of chances way underperforming and now my xg friends uh the 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 stats nerds would come in and either say that that means we will revert back to the mean and get up there or it just means we don't have the finishing quality that's happening right now um i i, I want to talk about the two goals then because i want to talk about particularly the second one because we want to talk about reynoso um and the spectacular assist that he had the let's go first to the Chase Gasper goal and walk me through that one. Yeah, it was, did it start on a, I think it started on a corner kick and then it just got kind of worked itself out. And eventually um, Dotson got the ball out on the um, left sideline, kind of like right on the edge of the penalty box and put in this cross that just like 
when I saw Gwyneth, it, it was like a skied kind of cross. I was like, oh, the goalkeeper should have this. It, like, it seems like an easy one to pick off. And the goalkeeper, like, it was like probably like a yard out from the six-yard box. So the goalkeeper didn't come out for it. And <laughs> Chase Gasper out-jumped uh, Portland center back and had a header and put it in. And I was, when I saw this, I was like, man, that is just terrible defending. Like, I mean, kudos to Chase for timing his jump right and getting his head on that. But, man, that's just bad defending from both the goalkeeper yeah. and the defender. Gio said it. I mean, Gio is a, is a player's coach, and it's, it's incredibly boring having him as a coach because he says absolutely nothing of any value. What's, I mean, he's to a T just... He doesn't idiot. throw anyone under the he bus. Is, he will not, I'm sure, it, like... He in the is, locker room, maybe. In, in the locker room, who knows what he says, but he's never said a single word. He's like, we had previously had Caleb Porter, who was just like, so-and-so didn't do it tonight. Like, you know, we'll just say some of this stuff straight up. But... Uh, uh, no, I, Gio made a comment uh, at the press game, the post game, essentially saying like, you know, there was a single de- defensive mishap or something, which is as as blunt as I've ever heard Gio <laughs> say something. Like that. Oh, that, that is just peak. acknowledging there was an individual mistake right. within I the mean, defense. I mean, the, the the thing in that play is that the ball first gets crossed from the right side, and then it gets cleared out by by Portland, and then Dotson, who is usually you know a little bit behind uh, where the trap is because they're playing out. He was playing up. He was pushing up, and he was able to quickly redirect that ball back into the foul, therefore catching people outside to be able to do that. So he got an assist on that on that, on that goal. But for me, like, the, the fun thing about that thing is, like, is, like, I love celebrating center back goals, I love certain, and I also love celebrating uh, short player header goals just because it's like it's like watch it's like in an american football when like you have the 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 very large linesmen score a touchdown it's just like one of those things that you just you just don't get to see that often so like it's 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 amazing but at, at the same time it's like we were creating opportunities but like we were creating dangerous opportunities and that was one of those where like that's when had time and said you know what i'm just gonna send it right back to where it was where it came from it's like because change of direction quickly will always catch someone offside. And, they, and, and it was fortunate for us that, A, the, set, the center backs weren't set, and, and, the, uh, and the goalkeeper didn't come out and react fast enough. And I was going well, to just want to say, not to throw, uh, it's uh, Zuparik, I believe, is the center back. Not to throw him totally under the bus. I did look this up. He is listed as being 6'1", and Gasper is listed as being 6 foot. So it's not like he's, like, towering over Gasper here. So it wasn't It's. It wasn't like if it was like Boxel going up against Fragapani type thing. So, um, Reynoso's go- or not Reynoso's goal, Robin Lude's goal, um, a f- spectacular finish from him. So, we'll get to that in a second. Um, that was but pretty. before that is Reynoso's pass, which was oh, just dear God, I mean, was that just pinpoint and just beautiful and perfect. And like the best, like, uh, kudos to the camera crew who caught this, like. You saw like the um, the camera that was behind the goal saw like followed like his like kind of kick all the way coming at him the whole time, and you could just see like it was almost like a chip shot like um, golfing like it's like there's some backspin on it and it caught the backspin on it just caused it to land just perfectly in stride on Robin Lou's foot where you could just one touch it get it down handled easily and just put it straight on goal and like. Honestly, and it's from like 40 yards out. Like it was, he split the D. Robin Lou timed his run perfectly. Like everything about that goal was and just the, gorgeous. The, the touch is uh, fantastic and the finish is fantastic. Yes, everything about it is fantastic. Um, the um, Rodrigo, the 
the the the feeling in the stadium leading up to that goal and then post that goal um i i gather from people i i've never done this i i, I want to like look and see like if there's a um actual bar sales different on a on a on a ga- <laughs> game like that but i gather from people that that was there were that was one of those big games uh like we can think of like Famously, us beating the Cosmos for the first time. Right. Um, yeah. What was the game? T- or um, in 2019, uh, Vito the- saving saving the PK. Uh, against yes, against Dallas, 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 Dallas right? Dallas, where yeah. where we we score to to go up to win, and then Vito uh, gets a PK save right a minute right. later. Toy scores a goal. Right? Yeah, like no, a few. It was a Dunlady. I think it was Toy. Uh, it was toy. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, a few of those games where it's just. Fucking electric. mayhem, yeah. electric. Yeah. Fifty-five one podcast needs your own quantitative stats. Screw the XG star. <laughs> I, I need, I need the bar receipts. Yeah, yeah. Blackheart. Right, right. As, as how lit Here, the game was. Here's the thing, right? I mean, Portland did what they wanted to do that first half, which was to counter and wait. So at first, at the end of the first half, right, they're up one nothing, and. Uh, technically, strategically, that's where you want to put it at Especially Diego Valeri, right? a team. You know, or, yeah, well, I mean, like, that's what, you, that's what you bring in Diego Valeri at the second half, right? Someone who can control and create more opportunities because you're like, all right, we took their first half of, like, energy and everything trying it, and then we're successful. We're going to try to – now Now we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna push the pedal and see what we can do. And so, like, he brought in Valeri, right? We brought in uh, – Hansen was, uh, was – didn't have his greatest game, but he's also not – the greatest finisher, right? He's just a person who's willing to hustle and, and connect passes, uh, but we've yet to see him finish, right? But he had one of those. Ethan Finley came in, so that was a like-for-like sub, yeah. right? Someone who had energy and someone who was willing to make runs. Uh, at the 65th minute, you had Paredes that went out, Sambrano would be in, and then, you know, like, when I saw Bobisi come in at the 65th minute, we're like, ah, crap, right? This is now we're like, chess match, we're like, we're like, Here's what the checkmate aspect of it. We got a boba seat. We're gonna try to figure out what we're gonna do. And I think Will Trap did a, did a did a good job of just being able to get passes off. There were a couple of passes that were dispossessed, but overall, like I think Dotson and, and Will Trap did a really well job of just getting that. And when um, you know Agudelo came in for Unu, and that's when the 65th minute when we had. Um, when we had to switch uh, of, uh, uh, of um, no, no, when Hansen went out is when we had to switch and where, like, Unu played more like on a, on a midfielder role and then Lou would play as our nine, that's when we started to create more opportunities, but that's also when Dotson started pushing up more and the ball was getting to Dotson at the midfield and then Dotson was distributing, which then gave lots of room for Reynoso to be like, I'm just going to move around, right? And I think that's... And, and, and that momentum shifter is specifically right at that Gasper goal because we were able to create something and we had a lot of players on it. Blanco comes in, right, at the 82nd minute and then that's he when... He almost scored. He did almost score, but... He did almost after, score, but... Uh, lose goal. But I'm, I'm waiting for him to just, you know, come in and, and just get his, gets his legs under him because he's going to be a lot of... He's just, he's just central to what, to what Portland does, but... And like we talked about, Jimmy Chara wasn't wasn't effective as as, as we've seen him before. So, but yeah, and also I think this is the second match in a row now where, um, tactically, our subs have made huge impacts on the game and changed the momentum of the game and changed how the game turned out. And like Ethan Finley and um, Agudela both did great. 
Like, yeah, Aguadelo really has good. been terrible in every game he's played for Except us. Except for this and one. And this was the first game I thought he was like, I, I, you said great. I would, I would put it as like, oh, he was, uh, I mean, he was decent. He was good. Comparative yeah. to like, yeah. the, what he's but, done but before. But he was, he was essential in, he was, in, 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 creating the, in creating the space for loot to yeah. be open. He was effective football. in what he did, and that was the first time I've seen him be effective. He's uh-huh. been a shadow of the Agudelo of years before, the, the, of, of this guy who we thought would be a great U.S. player. Um, I, I want to end this now so that we can do, go to uh, the next segment, but Minnesota United away at LAFC. They're going to be playing uh, 9 o'clock, I think, and so we'll have it um, We'll have it on at, at Blackheart. Um, and then Vancouver is also away on Saturday night, so that will be on in the back room. We'll have the sound on because there will be a drag show. Again, that's one of those things where if you come, make sure you say to the person taking the cover that I am here for the soccering, and they will know to let you come in the back. Or if you want to watch the show too and you want to pay the cover, you can, but that's just the way it works. So, um, support yeah. your local drag bar. Yeah, support your local uh, drag bar and, and the drag queens. But um, All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, take some questions. Fifty-five-one podcast. Let's close this mother out. Alex Schieferdecker, the Eastern Aaron Brown, says, uh, "Question wow, for Aaron. Rude. <laughs> I love my commute from Coon Rapids to Apple Valley in my Hummer, but sometimes congestion makes it longer. I'm furious about this. How many lanes do we need to add I-94 to I-94 and I-35 until I don't have to slow down?" So I imbibed enough at this uh, establishment here that I left my phone in the lift on my way back. It's the first lift I'd taken from Portland here. I took an Amtrak here. And yeah. I took a bike. And the first automobile this whole weekend was like getting my drunk butt back to uptown. And uh, in the process of doing so, I left a phone in the car and then had to like meet this very nice, friendly, welcoming Somali uh, lift driver out in uh, Oakdale. One of the East. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. And I had to like borrow a friend's car to go all the way out there. And as I was driving, I, know, I was like, how do you get a lift to meet the lift driver yeah. if you yeah. don't have your phone? You don't even have a phone. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it's a very existential question. Uh, Alex oh, is okay. asking this question because in my spare time in Portland, I do things like file lawsuits against Pete Buttigieg to stop freeway expansions because 40% of Oregon's carbon emissions come from transportation. And ODOT is trying to spend a billion dollars to add extra lanes of freeway right. into the backyard of Harriet Tubman Middle School. I don't have to tell you who goes to Harriet Tubman Middle School. You can probably figure it out. Yeah, They well, have the, the worst air pollution in the state. What's crazy is that other places seem to have gotten that like, well, expanding highways in, in cities is actually bad. No. And that some places like Buffalo, New York, or Rochester, one of them, are like, oh, let's actually get rid of these highways downtown. And then, but, but Oregon, no. Well, Minnesota, too. Y'all are, MnDOT's got all kinds of money lining up for this rethinking 94 shit, right? Yeah. They're going to be trying to add extra lanes into the backyard of Allianz. Why aren't you tearing that freeway out and putting in dense housing along the whole way? Yeah, lane? man. Oh, hey, there's a. F- there's, there's, there's. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know about the Rondo yes, and all the other stuff. Yes. And like, and, and like, because one of my first jobs as like coming out of college, I was like working for a mortgage company, and like um, one day I, I I I I'm walking Rondo, and then this like beautiful house, and like this man comes in, he might say, "Come in, let's have a conversation." I was like, "All right." It was like it's my somewhere near my neighborhood, and like he literally broke down the history of how long he lived there and the effect of everything else that happened. But there isn't that uh, that that acknowledgement or awareness of of like of like that, and like for example, like where I live, the train stopped. 
that I go to, the reason that there's a Victoria stop is because black businesses uh, sued MDOT and everyone else because there wasn't a stop in Frogtown or near that Rondo that they could go to. I mean, like, that's, that's the way, that's the way to, in the answer Alex's question, if he has a Hummer, he well, doesn't need a lane. He just drives anywhere he wants to. He's asking this bullshit question because he knows that Aaron well, he knows that a is Hummer so, is so yeah, mad yeah. about He just goes on highway the highway. The, big, the bigger, uh, or the, the comment on all of this, right, is like the land that we're sitting on here in this bar, right? Like this is land that's been stolen how many times, right? And this neighborhood uh, has been through a lot of stuff over the past two centuries. And this fundamental question of with the planet melting and, you know, I'm breathing in all the burning air here from the fires in Oregon. There's a fire yeah. the size, a third the size of Rhode Island in Oregon right now. Yeah. Right? Like the oceans are rising and right. so are we. And uh, part of that is like reframing how cities work for housing and transportation. And part of that is making the bus run every five minutes, having all those stops in the low income communities, building abundant housing and climate leaders don't widen freeways. Aaron, where, but well, let me ask this. Where do I find you on Twitter for people who want Twitter? to? Yeah, yeah. Heard of it. Uh, A.M. Brown on Twitter. Okay. Uh, um, that's where, it's funny. That's where you and I met um, years ago. And then right. when Minnesota played, their, their, the only time I've been to Portland was a preseason yeah, that's right. uh, game. Uh, you and I got, it was like one of those like 2016, um, I think. Uh, uh, Twitter blind dates where you and I, you and I went out and, <laughs> and chatted and went I to I had one of those in Milwaukee bar. once. Here like we are now. With Wisconsin Loons or Milwaukee Loons once in the Milwaukee bar and they're interesting. That's yeah. so scary. I, I mean, I love it. I mean, we, I mean we've, I like we've now seen each other several times. Maybe it's actually well, only one right time. Right now, Bill Lindicke is in your bar right now. Yes. He's my next Twitter blind date Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, are, are you going on a dive bar bike ride with him? Those, he, those get romantic is he signing with the book for right. you or? I, I have the book right the, here yeah. I'm Bill Lindeke okay, also yeah. a friend of this <laughs> podcast wrote the book on St. Paul literally go get it at Subtext Book in St. Paul um, Corey Shrample says what are the differences between our flannel offerings and what are the pros and cons of each uh I mean, the last couple of times I've been in Minnesota, it's been in the summer, so flannel, flannel's kind of a death trap. I will say that, yeah, the flannel in, uh, in, in the Twin Cities is warmer, uh, and the flannel in Portland is, is better suited for being under a raincoat. Atheist Space Laser um, okay. uh, says, should we make Lud our number nine and just be done with it? Anyone know what's going on with Weya? Was Hunu a mistake? Uh, we you, talked about Hunu a little bit last week. Of uh, he's still a new striker, and I think we need to. We I, I always think you have to um, withhold judgment until after six months of playing in the league. Yeah, no, and especially with him, like he was coming off of maybe playing ten minutes every second or third match, starting in like November until he got here. Like he's it's going to take him a while to get his like get his mind right and get in there and get it in working as to where he can actually focus and get at the goals. But LAFC this week, would you just plop in loot, put Nico Hansen and uh, um, Ethan Finley in? Oh, I, I think... Just I think, run at LAFC? No, yeah. I, I think I think the thing is that when you, you have to get a new minutes and because you get him minutes early, when you make that switch to loot to nine... It's, it's a whole change in dynamic yeah. of how your attack is going to look like. And that's exactly what you want to do. It's like you want to be able to twist it and change it. And, Rather and, than have that be your, your origin. Right. right. Yeah. Instead of it be right. original. It's, it's, it's like having an extra substitution 
in 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 the game already if when it happens right it's like okay. you move we know the loot goes in for the for the nine and then whatever changes out and everything and also what we've seen from so far he's like he's making good runs and he's making center backs work right and that's again another key thing where like he's putting in the work and that's why our subs have been effective because sure he is tiring out those center backs and then all of a sudden you have fresh legs who are have just running straight at you and it's causing goals. We also need him to score more goals. Well, though, well plus striker, he scored but. two goals already. Yeah. And I think right? those will come. That's true. Yeah. So Mark Fangmeyer um, says, what is the best brewery in Portland and why is it Cascade Brewing? Uh, it sounds like the answer is Cascade Brewing. Okay. Uh, beer, cool. There's abundance of beer everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> in Portland, it's. I mean, out here, God, there's like ten every block. There's yeah, man. breweries. Yeah, you know, there's, I mean, there's well, three breweries inside this bar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and now especially because you all have all these big, beautiful grain elevators that like you can't actually do anything with. So like, we yeah. should brew beer in here, and then it yeah. happens because rent. It's nothing here. So yeah. what I want to do with Pisco, just buy a grain. We can do it, man. Oh, if you started a distiller, you would start. A, be you would the, blow it up. It, be the bootleg I, I, Pisco, yeah, be the bootleg uh, Pisco uh, distiller that you want to see in Let's the world. Let's remember this podcast in 15 years yeah. when your brand of Pisco is the jersey sponsor for Minnesota United, <laughs> or at least the women's team. Matt Axelson says, what problematic breweries in Portland should we stop supporting? <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. Deschutes Brewery, two years ago, we were just about to pass this big climate legislation, and uh, Deschutes was like, Got a bunch of pressure by a bunch of Republican assholes, so they were just like, "Oh, we actually didn't know that this thing we signed on to was trying to pass a carbon bill," and like every one of Deschutes beers is named after a piece of natural thing that now is getting burned, and so screw them. Don't drink Deschutes. Okay, that's that's always good to know. Uh, Jim at New School says, "I was really enjoying watching watching Mora early in the game." But he got really anonymous later on. After he scored that initial goal, I thought, oh, shit, this guy's going to hang a touchdown on us. But fortunately, he couldn't get looks after that. How does that make you feel? Yeah, I don't feel great. Uh, <laughs> more is good. And, you know, uh, we saw what happened uh, a week ago. They put in Jeremy Bobasi at the half, and he immediately just went down and scored a damn goal. So, again, the Timbers have plenty of strikers. The problem is we've got to figure out what the formation is. It's really going to be our top, top team. So... I thought the more goal was great, and uh, that part made me feel pretty good. Uh, final question. Patrick Knoll says, why is Babes in Toyland so much better than Slater, Kenny? Y'all need to chill, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, the Twin Cities are great, and y'all need to just get over the fact that you're like, well, we're going to be in the next Portland. No, just be the Twin Cities. Like, Portland actually sucks now. But here's the thing. Like, Portland yeah. is so expensive. Ba you don't want... You do not want the zeitgeist that you think you're aspiring to. Minnesotans are so, this like interior. How much the, is a cup of coffee? How but, much is a cup uh, of coffee? Also, back to this question. Babes in Toyland were just badass before Slater Kinney was even an idea. Like they were awesome. They're still awesome. And I guess I, anytime people talk about um, the Minnesota music scene, it's like almost always it's like 30 years ago. And it's like, Okay, yeah. I mean, like, Husker Du, cool. Prince, But, yeah. like, yeah. that was a long time ago. And, like, since then, Portland have had probably eight acts that are fucking amazing. Yeah, they're all the fucking Decembers. Well, it's fine. I, I mean, are they, no, I mean, December's, I think, are Seattle. No, no, no. Are they? no they they are. Are oh, they're very Portland. Yeah, December's so uh, I mean, but Portland yeah. has but fucking... Slater Kenny is more like Olympia, if we're being real. Like, Olympia, you know, Washington. Oh, I, I mean, Terry Brown's now Portland, but, like... 
there, there's like I guess, a scene was. I think of like Elliot Smith or like just so many people from when, for, when this person tweeted at us. I was in a coffee shop and Elliot Smith came on at the shop and I was yeah. like, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the I, I, just, are I just wonderful. know Portland had Adam Garcia for six years, aka Snakebird, and then I don't know why nothing developed out of that. And I was such yeah. a. Now he's over in LA making buku bucks designing stuff for uh, Apple, but. Well, the coolest Portland musicians now are like leaving Portland, and and I mean like Amine, the rapper, like. He's this awesome, like, uh, son of Ethiopian immigrants from, like, northeast Portland in the hood. And he was like, I'm... He, he wears Timbers jerseys in his music video, which, like, holy shit, that is not something I ever thought would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, most people in Portland are actually completely oblivious to the fact that he now lives in Los Angeles. It's like, he's, like, one of the top, like, hip-hop artists in the country right now. And, like, no one in Portland... Like, he claims Portland, but, like, Portland is sort of a, kind of a Doesn't claim him. him. That sounds... <laughs> it, yeah, well... Portland and Minneapolis have had rough years and a lot of reckoning that is yeah. still underway. It's all right, guys. Uh, Lizzo's coming to play um, Treasure Island Casino, so it's fine. <laughs> Lizzo's coming back. All right, mm-hmm. kids. Well, I mean, Dustin was at the uh, Turf Club, so would, that was good. Would Lizzo yeah. play a show at, at Allianz? Do you guys I mean, music l- there? Lizzo would pay, play somewhere that people pay her money to be. Yeah. Um, we've never had music there. Okay. So, US well, I mean, other maybe. than like during the. Uh, um, during the pandemic, I think Charlie Parr like played in yeah, there. He played, or like, like, yeah, right? they, they, Charlie Parr played out on like the concourse with nobody there, and they did like a live stream of Charlie Parr playing in the concourse. Yeah. The last Minnesota United game I went to, Harmar Superstar played the national anthem. I was like, oh, "That's there you go." Don't talk about. Harmar I know he's. Anymore. I know. I we can't. Yes. Yes. I understand. All right. On that okay. serious note, <laughs> thank you for having me, uh, Aaron. Thank you very much. Uh, you're always welcome in Minnesota, where we've I've been trying to get you to uh, to give up that uh, gentrified hellhole you live in and, and move back to the and, yeah, and so live like a king pisco. and drink pisco with us. Uh, uh, you know, you can always um, just a thirty-seven hour train ride away. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, did you actually? Like, it's another podcast. Can, yeah, it's after the podcast, ask some questions, <laughs> comrades. It's been great. We Beautiful will see you too, all though. soon. Yeah, We've got you U.S. women, Minnesota United, U.S. men, and Minnesota United. And then, like, we're like a week and a half away from European season. I fucking can't handle all this. And then uh, we're like soccer, a month and a half away from the. Soccer podcast tournament, football tournament. Oh, so. you plan it? Are man. you organizing this? No, at least it keeps sending. Basically, this is a tournament of soccer, not a tournament of podcasting. Yeah, it's uh, podcast. It's podcasters playing, playing in a, in a football tournament. All right. Yes. All right, that feel better with that. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you soon.